Welcome, I'm Prudence Robertson, and this is EWTN Pro-Life Weekly. The end of Roe v. Wade, a leaked opinion draft in a major abortion case, suggests that the high court has decided to overturn Roe v. Wade. Allison Centifonte, pro-life strategist at Centifonte Strategies, joins us to discuss what this breach of trust means for the court and for Americans. Sentence to death. A 53-year-old woman in Texas has been granted stay of execution by the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals, as new evidence could prove her innocence. We take a look at how the death penalty goes against inherent human rights with Texas Representative Louis Gohmert. Because if we don't have respect for the most fragile, the most vulnerable, who will we respect? Work and faith. We take you inside this year's Young Catholic Professionals Conference in Dallas, Texas, where young adults and religious leaders shared with us the importance of life in our world today. Activists on both sides of the aisle were stunned early this week when a draft decision in the Dobbs versus Jackson case was leaked by someone inside the Supreme Court. The document suggests that a strong majority of the justices have found that the Roe decision was egregiously wrong and that the power to either limit or allow abortions in the U.S. must be returned to the individual states, not mandated at the federal level. Here's President Joe Biden describing the draft opinion written by Justice Samuel Alito that would overturn Roe versus Wade as, quote, radical. It would mean that every other decision relating to the notion of privacy is thrown into question. Chief Justice John Roberts has confirmed the authenticity of the document that was published by Politico Monday night, a draft of a majority opinion in the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization case. The case is a direct challenge to the precedents established in Roe v. Wade in 1973 and then affirmed in Planned Parenthood v. Casey in 1992. Together, these effectively created a so-called right to abortion in federal law. Alito's opinion states plainly, We therefore hold that the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. Roe and Casey must be overruled. He also describes the reasoning in Roe as exceptionally weak. On Capitol Hill, Senate Democrats, without enough votes to codify their pro-abortion agenda into law, are advocating for elimination of the filibuster so they can succeed in enshrining abortion in the code of law before the Supreme Court's official opinion is issued and Roe ceases to be the law of the land. Women in this country are paying for the fact that the Republicans have basically sabotaged the Supreme Court. Meanwhile, Republicans are questioning how the draft came to light. And many are disturbed that someone working within the Supreme Court would purposely leak such a highly confidential document. This lawless action should be investigated and punished. In a statement, the Chief Justice has called for a full investigation into the source of the leak. The statement also noted that the document is not the decision or final position of the Supreme Court in the Dobbs case. The official and highly anticipated opinion is expected to be among the last issued this term in late June or July. And joining us now for her reaction is longtime pro-life strategist, Allison Centifonte. Allison, thanks for joining me. What was your initial reaction to this breaking news on Monday night? Were you pleased with the draft decision, concerned about who leaked it to Politico? Tell me what's on your mind. Thanks for having me, Prudence. Yeah, I think we all in the pro-life movement 
remember who texted us first the link to the Politico article. Um, at first I thought, is this real? Can it be? Could it be a fake uh, a document? But looking into it, and now we have confirmation from the Supreme Court that that is, in fact, the draft that has been circulated in February, likely after the Dobbs uh, oral arguments in D.C. We are rightfully outraged that the you know this puts the court in jeopardy. This is a big, big breach, probably a monumental historic breach of trust for everyone there as well as the American people. Um, this never happened before. But what's more important to point out is that what we're seeing here in this draft opinion looks good. It looks good on the pro-life side. Uh, as you pointed out, they have said that there is no constitutional right to abortion in the Constitution. They said, we can't find it. We're going to return this debate back to the states. And that's an argument the pro-life movement has been asking for for decades now. Obviously, we would love a full legal protection of children uh, from the moment of conception. But if we can, if we have to go to the states, we will. You're going to see states already ready and poised to protect children. Of course, others are going to expand abortion uh, in their state. But this is how this debate should work out. And this is what we want, is people to educate on what abortion is, what Roe v. Wade has done, and it's time for Roe to go. Yes, could not agree more. And the night after the Politico story was published, Vice President Kamala Harris spoke at the pro-abortion Emily's List Gala. Let's listen to what she had to say. If the court overturns Roe v. Wade, it will be a direct assault on freedom, on the fundamental right of self-determination to which all Americans are entitled. Allison, your thoughts on her remarks? Wow, it's ironic because if you think about those words coming from the little voices in the womb, it changes everything. The right to self-determination, the right to freedom. Uh, that is what we're about. We want to look out for little women. Kamala Harris herself was once a little woman in the womb, and she had the chance at life. And we want to look out for her, the future you know, females, the future men and women of America. All Americans, as she pointed out, do deserve the right to self-determination and freedom. And we are including, rightfully, preborn lives that are unique, unique DNA at the moment of conception, uniquely purposed by God to be here on this planet, to live out their purpose on, in this world. And we have to end the violence of abortion in order to see that through. At that point, let's join hands. We can work on all these other issues together, and we should. Big issues of you know maternal mortality, infant mortality, poverty, but the violence has to stop. That mm. is what overturning Roe seeks to do, and I hope we can then all, both left and right, turn our energies collectively to working together to support women and children as we should have been all along. And speaking of that, what comes next in your view? Do you think the court should release their official decision earlier than they had initially planned? And is there potential for the justices to change how they might cast their final votes at this point? It's a great question, Prudence. Absolutely. I think it's in the justices' own best prerogative to release their final decision quickly and soon. What we're seeing across the nation now is pro-abortion groups ramping up hysteria, ramping up the rhetoric to get people activated, and they're being violent. They're being violent at the Supreme Court. We just saw this in L.A. the other night. These protests are going to get increasingly hostile unless the court just says, look, this is our final decision. Move on. We do not need to draw this out anymore. That's my, my best opinion there. Um, and absolutely, no one should change their mind here. The conservative justices that have decided that they are going to overturn Roe should stand strong. 
Should any of them move even a little bit, become more wishy-washy in their decision in the final, it will only say that this leak was effective, that we can bully our Supreme Court justices into changing their minds, and it absolutely would change the way that our country works. So um, they need to stand strong. We as people of faith should be praying that they are bold and that they are courageous because the attacks on them, their families, um, just within the movement are going to increase now that this has been leaked. Yes, and this moment is truly monumental. Thank you so much, Alison Santafonte, for being on the front lines right now. Thanks, Prudence. And joining me now is Mallory Carroll, Vice President of Communications at the Susan B. Anthony List. Mallory, thanks for being with me today. Thanks, Prudence, for having me. Of course. I want to get started um, just with your reaction to the fact that this decision was leaked, this draft opinion. What does that say about the legitimacy of the court going forward? What should we be thinking about all of this? Yes, well, this is really troubling that the news has reached us in this way. Um, this breaks, you know, so many protocols and rules, long-established traditions of the court, and the trust that these justices have with each other. I mean, it's a very limited group of people that would have had access to this draft, the, basically the justices and their clerks. So as the court, um, you know, there's concerns about the court looking political, uh, and, you know, I think the intention, the critical wisdom is saying that perhaps someone on the left who doesn't like this draft is the one who leaked it to try and scare the justices to changing their position. Um, so it is disturbing because the the judicial branch is supposed to be a non-political, non-partisan entity, and it doesn't look great for the justices. However, the draft, if the final uh, decision resembles this draft, it will be a great day for the pro-life movement. It's a really well-written, and of course they confirm the authenticity of the draft. We know that Justice Alito wrote this, mm -hmm. and it's a remarkable piece of writing. Yeah, that's right. And talk to me about how the pro-abortion industry is already taking advantage of this. You know, the yes. Senate Democrats, they're calling for an elimination of the filibuster. Three pro-abortion groups just launched a massive ad buy. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So. We saw it outside the Supreme Court on Monday night. You know, it was took pro-abortion forces no time to mobilize and get out in front of the court. They were saying, pack the court, you know, end the filibuster. Uh, very highly partisan, highly charged language to try and um, stop this decision. I see you've got it printed out at your desk. You know, Sorry. they're trying to... They're trying to prevent this outcome at all costs. And so we're seeing pro-abortion Democrats pull out the stops with their political spending, their actions in Congress. Leader Schumer is pushing, again, the very deceptively named Women's Health Protection Act, which would um, go beyond codifying Roe versus Wade and Doe versus Bolton and Casey and the rest. It would completely undo every pro-life limit at the state level. We're talking abortion on demand up until the moment of birth, paid for by taxpayers, of course, performed by non-doctors with as little regulation as possible and any uh, reasonable limits that the, that the states have put in place, informed consent for women, waiting periods, uh, regulations concerning um, y young girls getting abortions, mm. pr these protections for, for underage women, it, it's very disturbing. Right. And so what is Susan B. Anthony List doing about all of this? Yeah. How are we fighting back against this abortion extremism? Yeah. So obviously the midterms are going to be a huge, important um, uh, they're going to be a, a referendum on President Biden's agenda and these, this Democratic pro-abortion agenda. So we have to get the word out about how extreme the alternative is. It's either 
overturn Roe versus Wade and let the people decide through their elected representatives where we have consensus. Because we do have consensus um, in many states and even at the federal level. Most Americans support some restrictions on abortion. Right now, the United States, as you know well and the listeners and readers, uh, watchers probably know very well, right. one of seven countries with China and North Korea. This is something that the justices themselves brought up in the oral arguments. So Roe and the abortion jurisprudence that we have currently put us, uh, our country, in an extreme position that most Americans d totally disagree with. We want to try and, and change that. You know, modernize modernize our law. Yeah. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. Right. That's great. And is there any other uh, thoughts that you would like to add about all this, Mallory? You know, it's an exciting time for our movement. People kind of aren't really sure how to feel about it in some instances because of how it broke out. But what's the main thing that we need to remember here? Yeah, I think we need to pray as hard as we can for the justices. Pray for a hedge of protection around the court and for in the families of the justices, because especially the five who signed on to this draft opinion from February, they are under enormous a spiritual attack right now, as well as, you know, physical attack. I mean, in recent years, things have gotten so heated with Justice uh, Kavanaugh's confirmation, you know, people outside his home, outside of Susan Collins' home, just were voting for him. Right. For, so anyone uh, connected to these justices is a potential pressure point, and we had to pray that they are safe, that they are protected, and that they do the right thing, because this draft is beautiful, but it's just a draft, and we need the final decision. So let's hope it comes out soon. Yes, that's right, and we'll be tracking it closely. Mallory Carroll of the season the Anthony List. Thank you. Thanks. We turn now to the case of Melissa Lucio, a woman in Texas who has been on death row for 14 years. New evidence recently brought to light in the case could prove her innocence, as many believe she was denied due process under the law when she was initially sentenced. Catholic Church teaching on the death penalty has been revised over time, most recently being changed in 2018 by Pope Francis. St. Augustine and St. Thomas Aquinas, among several others, wrote that the death penalty is justified when no other means can protect the common good. Now the Church's teaching on the matter states that the death penalty is inadmissible because it is an attack on the inviolability and dignity of the person. And joining me now to discuss is Representative Louie Gohmert, who represents Texas's second congressional district. Representative Gohmert, thanks for joining me. Melissa Lucio was charged with the abuse and murder of her young daughter, Mariah, and was sentenced to the death penalty. But now new evidence could prove her innocence. And even Republican state lawmakers who have stood in support of the death penalty in the past are working to delay her execution. Now, what are your thoughts on this? We know that the death penalty goes against our inherent rights as human beings. Well, uh, as I, I, one of the few people, if not the only person, certainly the only Republican in Congress to have uh, been court-appointed to appeal a capital murder conviction and had that case reversed, um, uh, it does bring back some memories. And what I argued to the highest criminal court in Texas, down in Austin, in that case was, look, I'm not here to say the death penalty may not be appropriate in some cases, but I am saying that in any case in which it's used, there has to be complete following of uh, the law, and there has to be due process. And in this case, there was not due process. That was in the case I was arguing. So in reading articles about the Lucio case, it brings to memory that comment I made before our highest court, um, 
because it sounds like uh, there was a problem with due process in this case. And uh, you, you simply cannot ever use uh, the uh, irreconcilable, irreparable uh, death penalty if there hasn't been due process. Mm. It, it's mm. just absolutely wrong, and it should never happen. And Representative Gomert, as strong pro-life people of faith, how are we supposed to treat cases where people have been sentenced to death? Well, uh, under the law, it's absolutely critical that there be due process, and uh, there had not been in the case that I argued uh, years ago in, uh, in Texas before our highest criminal court in Austin, and it's it sure sounds like there was not due process in the Lucio case. So it is, uh, you use the law. Uh, efforts to attack the death penalty have not been successful in the past. And so the first best thing to do is uh, right off the bat, just pour over the transcript, look for any items that make clear someone did not get a fair trial. Um, but it does bring a difficulty. You know, Romans 13, 4 says, um, if you do evil, be afraid, because God doesn't give, basically, the government the sword in vain. So there's been debate uh, ever since time, ever since the Bible. Um, of course, the Old Testament talks about an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, but that changed to when Jesus came. Um, but as uh, Christians... No matter what, we should be ministering to anyone that's involved as a uh, defendant. And in the meantime, we ought to be going after the Department of Justice to make sure that they are not um, uh, leading criminal assaults through the justice, just, uh, justice system so that we can make sure people are treated fairly. Well, thank you for your expertise on that case and your point of view. I want to shift gears to get your reaction on the draft opinion on the Dobbs case that was written by Justice Alito. We know that it's not final, but it does seem like it could be a great victory. Well, it does, but uh, Prudence, you've got to look at who was advantaged by leaking, by this, by the draft opinion uh, being leaked. And we know now from the statement of the Supreme Court, this was a legitimate first draft uh, by Justice Alito. Uh, so it certainly does not inure to the benefit of anyone who was considering being part of the majority. But obviously, those who were in the dissent um, at this point are greatly advantaged by getting information out to people like Schumer and others who have threatened the Supreme Court. And we've already had protests already out in the street in front of the Supreme Court. Uh, so it is, uh, it certainly would appear that the first suspects in leaking this uh, draft opinion, I, I don't recall ever in my lifetime seeing a first draft opinion before, uh, until the opinion came out officially. So who, whoever leaked this opinion, first of all, should be impeached, removed, and never allowed in a 
federal court as a judge or justice ever again. That needs to be done. And hopefully if we get the majority next year, then that can be and will be done. Uh, if there's more than one, then we'll have a couple of openings at the Supreme Court. We cannot allow someone that's this evil, this devious, this manipulative, that would invite more attacks on Supreme Court justices to sit on the Supreme Court. They've got to go. Thank you so much, Rep. Louis Gomert, for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks, Prudence. Pro-life activists continue to demand answers regarding the bodies of the five unborn babies who were brutally killed by Cesar Santangelo at the Washington Surgical Clinic here in D.C. The group that initially uncovered the bodies, known as PAL, is currently leading pro-life people who have traveled from all over the country in a week of activism here in Washington, D.C., making stops throughout the week at the D.C. Medical Examiner's Office, Santangelo's Abortuary, the Department of Justice, and even the White House. PAL is demanding information about what has become of the baby's bodies and calling for their killer, Cesare Santangelo, to be held accountable for his actions. Coming up, how the federal government sent millions of taxpayer dollars overseas to fund abortions via a corrupt federal grants process. Plus, we take you inside of this year's Young Catholic Professionals Conference, what young adults are saying about the culture of life in their communities. Welcome back to EWTN Pro-Life Weekly. I'm Prudence Robertson. A whistleblower who formerly worked for the federal government has exposed USAID for funneling millions of dollars to fund abortion and contraception in Ethiopia under the guise of COVID relief funds. That is this week's Speak Out segment. An article in Revolver News lays out USAID's latest scheme to promote abortion. The agency has been conspiring with the evil abortion group Pathfinder International to force abortion, sterilization, and contraceptives on vulnerable women. Initially founded by eugenicist Clarence Gamble, Pathfinder continues its eugenic practices today thanks to USAID funds. Their grant was not used to help sick people with COVID, but instead funded a, quote, increase in sexual and reproductive health for 1.5 million Ethiopians, a.k.a. more and more deaths by abortion. Pathfinder also used the money to send 800 healthcare workers to inject Ethiopian women with dangerous contraceptives and broadcast propaganda promoting contraception over loudspeakers in large public areas. These facts reveal that our country's federal grants process is the lifeblood of groups widely responsible for mass killings by abortion in countries that are not our own, thanks to nefarious people who control U.S. government spending. As many Americans are pro-life people of faith and morals, we deserve more transparency from our government leaders about where American money is going and how it is spent. But pro-abortion elitists are determined to obscure these facts from the public eye. This isn't the first time this has happened, and it certainly won't be the last. We must pray that someday those in power will have to answer for their endorsement and cover-up of these atrocities against women and children all over the world. Hundreds of young adults attended this year's Young Catholic Professionals Conference in Dallas, Texas. The three-day event was hosted by the Catholic nonprofit organization Young Catholic Professionals, also known as YCP. 
YCP seeks to challenge, train, and inspire young adults working in various professions to work in witness for Christ. We attended the YCP weekend event and spoke to pro-life advocates who tell us why they defend the unborn in their day-to-day -day lives. Obviously being pro-life is really challenging as you know, a 20-something-year-old living in a secular society, um, but it's the core of our Catholic values. You know, we were brought into this world for a reason and you know, supporting life is really important to us. Rebecca Salamone is the Vice President and Director of Marketing for the YCP Boston Chapter. She says that young Catholic professionals allows her to interact and build relationships with other young adults who share the same values and faith as her. I felt this like competition between faith and work and faith was getting edged out in favor of focusing more on, on the corporate side of things. Um, so for me, YCP became really essential in my life because it helped remind me what's most important, that being my relationship with Jesus, ultimately. So I think an organization such as this is crucial for young men and women who want to maintain that solid faith in the midst of a room full of colleagues who do not speak that language. Sister Maristella Vaughn with the Dominican Sisters of St. Cecilia in Nashville, Tennessee, was the keynote speaker at this year's event. She shared some helpful tips for young adults when it comes to living out our faith authentically. And she says protecting life is a core issue in our world today. Because if we don't have respect for the most fragile, the most vulnerable, who will we respect? Sister Maristella makes a good point. If we don't have respect for the most fragile, the most vulnerable, who will we respect? Let's continue to pray for the most vulnerable, the unborn, as we continue to work towards a culture that fully embraces life. That does it for this edition of EWTN Pro-Life Weekly. I'm Prudence Robertson. Until next time, we'd love to hear from you. Find us on social media at EWTN Pro-Life on all social media platforms. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we're there. You can also send us a message by emailing ProLifeWeekly at EWTN.com. We love to hear from you. Remember, life is a gift. Your life is a gift. God bless.